Good morning, Cuzzy Wuzzy. Good morning, Cuzzy Wuzzy. How are you doing? Good. On my third coffee, so oh. it's all good. <laughs> well, if our stomachs start making noise again, the mics will be sure to pick that up. I just want to address one, a couple of things. One, we have changed the name of the podcast from LJ Podcast to Mosaic. Uh, reason being, well, I think it's a perfect descriptor for what we're trying to accomplish and also for life. Lots of little bits and pieces of different things coming at you and mm. kind of what you can make of it. Yeah. Hopefully it's art. Hopefully it's not crap. <laughs> it's not like one of those pieces of crap your kid, kids bring home from school and you go, oh, that's oh, lovely. That's yeah, they fucking fuck it into the bin when they're not looking. Jesus, what is that? That's dreadful. Well, and what else are we going to address? The lovely, joyous conversation around death. people's views on death and dying this week's topic is on grief because jody lost her mum a little over a year ago and i've been watching her journey and yesterday dear listeners of whom i think we have 138 um i had to say goodbye to my father so i'm still kind of in a Definitely in the shock. A, a bubble of grief. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I don't actually understand how I'm coping this well in this moment. Mm. Yesterday went surprisingly, surprisingly yeah. well for a 41-year-old woman who's never really had to say goodbye to anyone that I was super, super close to. To lose yeah. my father, who was a tremendous human being, yeah. and I was so close to. Yeah. And I literally have dreaded his funeral. I've dreaded the day of losing him for yeah. the whole of my life. It's something mm. that I used to get like panicky about as a child. Mm. And I think that's a common thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some people do actually. Yeah. I mean, they can fear death. You know, it's not something I've ever actually feared, funny enough. So God, it's not... you've had a lot of it thrown at you. I know. But even when I was a kid, I never I, I, I didn't go through that. Like I had a sister who did and would mm. still have a, actually a fear around death. Mm. It's just something that's actually never ever um i wouldn't say it bothered me it's just it, it's just not something you just I'm always accept you always accepted it was the part of life yeah i think so i just i it's just it's something that i, I just don't fear I well we do don't we don't go running from babies in terror do we when a, when a new life comes in well some people do they go keep that fucking thing away from me but, yeah, yeah. but i mean like when a when look the natural ebb and flow of life it, i mean it, it's just it's a one-way journey every time for everybody I had a horrific fear of death when I was uh, small. When I figured out, you know, that you don't mm, come back yeah. and that the body decomposes, I was like, what? You, this has got to be a joke. And then I would, you know, five, six, up until my teens, I'd sometimes sneak into my parents' bed. You know, I'd go into my mom's bedroom or my dad's bedroom. If I thought that they were having to lie on a little bit too long, <laughs> I'd, I'd go and make sure. It's like, it's half ten. Why are they still... Are they breathing? You know, I don't know if I ever put a mirror under anybody's nose or anything, <laughs> but I did. I had a real fear of it for a long time. And I, I don't know when that started to abate. Mm. I probably, I'm going to say honestly, probably only in the last several years as I watched my father deteriorate slowly with Alzheimer's as mm. he left me kind of like. A bit by bit. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think I... I it was I, like a gentle introduction to the yes. reality of death. Yeah, well, it's a bit like when your children are born, isn't it? They don't go straight from being born to leaving the house. It's, it's a gradual progression that they're a bit by bit kind of 
independently leaving you. So by the right. time they leave, you're kind of happy for them Prepared to leave. For See it. you. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, dear. Don't come back. <laughs> and don't bring your, your children. <laughs> but I think, That's know, a one-way trip too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whereas I'm sure, you know, I think with um, death, you know, there, there would be a difference with maybe, you know, someone where you've got time and you know they're dying versus somebody who suddenly dies. It's sort of... Well, yeah, yeah, I think that was my fear as a kid was I was afraid that I would suddenly lose a parent. And, you know, you sit there and you, you worry about losing your parents as, you know, it does pop up in your, your mind. But my dad being an older parent when he had me, he was 42, and myself being an only child... I mean, well, technically, okay, technically I have two older half-siblings, Voldemort's, the two of them. <laughs> the she's who shall not be named, I swear to God. It's like invoking a demon. You wouldn't want to say their names in front of a mirror or anything. <laughs> Those would be from my mother's first marriage. And uh, nothing to do with my dad, although he was a, a terrific stepfather to them for a few years. But uh, I'm, I'm on this journey on my own. And because my dad knew that, yeah. From the time I was very small, he prepared me for this moment. Mm. He he talked to me frankly, openly, very realistically about death. So did my mother. I will give her credit. She's yeah. always... They actually... The one thing that I ever saw really that they were on the same page about mm. was preparing their children for the reality. Yeah. And, you know, some people don't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Mm. Like the two half sisters, whenever my mother has tried to bring it up with them in the past, they go, la, 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 I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear it. Ah. And you know, there's a yeah. lot of adults who react like that. I mean, yeah, the, social, the social worker in the hospital told me you wouldn't believe the amount of people who just can't even talk about death. Well, I think that, well, I think there's an awful lot of people that are in denial, period, about lots of stuff. <laughs> so they'll just bury it. Yeah. They just live their life like that. Now, yeah. look, I can be very good at compartmentalizing and disassociating. I can yeah. literally almost... <laughs> without sounding too woo I can almost leave my body in my head right I did it yesterday to get yeah. through this eulogy yeah because yeah, if I if great. I'd really if I'd really stayed present I would have flipped the fuck out yeah whereas I can't do I, I'm not so good at doing that actually I, yeah. I, I, I the emotions just completely take over I have to be very like the only time I can do that is sometimes in conversations mm -hmm. as long as somebody's not too no that's called zoning out right <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what were you saying? I, that's yeah, maybe. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm way too emotionally based, and, and if anybody even gives too much um, sympathy, mm. it just well. In well on but you with know me. what? That's mm. been what has caused me as upset as I've been this last week since my father passed, and uh, you know the horrific moments of grief that come over you like a mm. wave. I've just been like, you need to let this happen. Yeah. And you just need, uh, but it's been far gentler a process than what I expected it to be. And I don't know if maybe getting the fear away from it was a huge part of the healing process already. Again, my dad's departure from this world has been long and slow. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine said to me years ago, this lovely Hungarian woman, she said to me that, uh, that that was the, that like our bond was so close that God or the universe knew that that was the only way I was going to be able to let him go without mm. being completely destroyed. Yeah. If I had lost him quickly, mm. and I'll, I, I agree with that, if I'd lost him quickly, yeah, I'd have never been the right. Well, I, I definitely think that. And I also think that um, I wonder, is there a difference with grief and how you grieve around that person depend on your relationship with that person as yes. well? 
you know, I'd wonder if there's discord, you know, like with a parent where it's been more difficult, mm. you know, not so loving relationship, you know, problems, arguments, whatever. Is that harder, you know, than if you've had a good relationship with somebody, you know, um, maybe it makes it le- feel less horrific because it's just it was mm. a nicer relationship. You know, I, I would kind of ponder on that one. I, I kind of wonder. I'd say so. I mean, look, I've cried at funerals of people that I barely knew. I've cried. I cry at funerals. I cry at weddings. I cry when I'm happy. I cry when well, I, you know. Well, let's face it now. You just I'm cry. Just, I mean, just how you even got that much tears in your eyes? <laughs> I, I, but here's the you like, Lord, I cried more watching an episode of Black Mirror a few weeks back with a boyfriend. <laughs> you, may, because... you might need to take water retention tablets. <laughs> There's just no, too no, much no. fluids in I you. do not need a girl. I need something. Yeah, I might. Yes, I need to take a diuretic because something. Let's get rid of it's the building up somewhere. Let's get rid of the bloat and maybe we could stop. But no, that's something actually that's plagued me the whole of my life. And it's always pissed Mm. me off that I can always access the emotion. It's always right there, hard on the sleeve. Great for acting. Yeah. Because I could legitimately, you know, access the the real emotion, which is what you need. So and if I needed to cry for a, a play, done. You know, and I wasn't method. I'm not. I'm not a fan of method acting. I didn't have to walk around in character, going, "Oh, woe is me," and picturing Granny under a, a truck. To, you know, you don't. I, like I, I wouldn't have to. You know what I mean? I just well, could sure read. You could picture you know, a few people under the okay, truck. Okay, well that would make yeah. me grin. That would be yeah, no, but. It's just a funny thing. Like, I look, I mean, Xanax has helped tremendously. Let's just give a nice shout out to the pharmaceutical industry right about now, shall we? Because, <laughs> look. Thank goodness for Xanax. And, but, and also shock. I mean, I've literally, I'm such an Aquarius sometimes because I did fucking kind of step back almost immediately. And I was like looking at the whole thing from like somewhere else, like a little scientist going, well, look at that. Look at the way the body protects you and goes, puts you into shock. And yeah, it really does. Yeah. There is a trauma response. Yeah. And yeah. everyone has, who's been through it has totally expected and known that I, I did the angry thing. I was angry the other day. Mm. I haven't been in denial, although I think I might be operating under a little bit of denial because like it just hasn't clicked. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think that takes it's not, a while. It's not real for me yet, mm. even though I understand that it is. As things like uh, walking around, talking funny, I'm saying the wrong words, uh, walking into room. Now, I would do this shit on the reg anyway, but walking into rooms going, oh, what did I come in here for? (laughs) I literally had to stop washing the dishes the other day because I slipped my, I hit, you know, I really cut the shit out of my, my hand with a, with a knife. And I'm going, oh, just, and what did I do? I did something else. I was like, I should not be operating motor (laughs) vehicles, machinery, heavy machinery. I shouldn't be, I may, I'm even a little leery of the microwave. I'm like, I'm going to stick a fucking fucking fork in there or the cat's going to go into the dryer and I'm not going to notice and I'm going to turn it on. So I've been, and I've been really mindful of that, trying to be gentle with myself, but Look, I mean, my dad was such a, a wonderful person and he had this approach to life of like, he would want me to be doing this right now in grief. He would want me to be laughing my ass off yeah. to enjoying my life to, you know, the kids are doing really well. This is exactly what my father wanted and prepared yeah. me for the whole of my life. Yeah. Now, having said that, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm going to miss him forever, mm. but I'm actually... I'm actually almost dismayed. I, I, I actually read my eulogy to my friend the other night, and I could barely fucking speak. And then at his service, 
I was able to choke that shit out. Yeah, I know. You did really, really good. <clears throat> There's no way I would have been able to do the eulogy at my mother's. No way. Well, I blubbered like a fool at your mother's. I was sitting next to another cousin of ours, who, by the way, I know is listening to our podcast no, right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting Oopsie. next to him. I was sitting next to him. I was nearly snotting on his sweater. I was like, "Give me your sleeve." I was hysterical at your mother's funeral. I don't mm. know if it was because I was watching you three girls. And I was so upset for you guys losing your mother. And also, of course, I was upset at losing my cousin who, you know, pre-COVID even, as she was getting older and my father was getting older, it was a lot of this towards the end. We'd have our lovely phone calls mm. and she was always checking on me and my dad, yeah. which that meant a lot to me because not everybody in our family does that, yes, as you well yes, know. Okay. Yeah. So she and I would reach out to each other. And I just remember that the last few conversations were, we're going to get together. We're going to get together. Mm. We're going to get together. And sure, 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 shit, when you take... That for granted, bam, mm. somebody dies. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, I, I, I wonder, you know, again, it's sort of like if you look at, let's say, you know, my mom's life on this earth and the relationships that she had or didn't have and then your dad's life on this earth mm. and the relationships he did and didn't have mm. <clears throat> or mostly had. Mm. It's just different. It's sort of like I, I would kind of view those two people very differently. You know, I think my mom, you know, it's sort of you almost kind of felt really sort of bad. sorry and yes. bad for her because... You know, her life was not as still and as happy as it should have been. No. And so you kind of, you know, so I think there's more sadness wrapped yes. around that. Whereas with your dad, of course, it's incredibly sad that he's gone. But his life was very full and very happy and very calm. Yes. And he touched lots of people's lives in a really positive way. Yes. And so I think that that in itself is more easily sort of celebrated and you don't feel so much sadness around it. Right. You know, and I so I think that that has an impact. And also, I think as well depending on like, you know, myself, and my sisters, I mean, we're now orphaned. We don't have a the living parent. parent. Yeah. Yeah. And that I know from talking to a friend of mine who lost both of his parents, you know, at quite a young age and quite close together, mm. that that impacted him as well, being an orphan. Oh, see, I see. I bet, see, that kind of life I think would be tremendous. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. yeah. So I think that also makes a difference is not having another parent or to I've, rely on or to yeah. even not even rely on because you might not have a great relationship with the other parent that's living but yeah. at least maybe you can pick up the phone and have a laugh yeah. with them yeah you can hear their voice yeah you can you know well obviously if the relationship's not good then that's a different scenario right. but like i've got a good few friends who had two parents so they've a lot of them have actually lost one but they still had the other mm -hmm. you know whereas in our situation we had that was our only real parent we yes. now have no parent Nobody. yeah yeah and so you kind of... You it's know, a bigger it's a bigger source of grief, yes. I think perhaps so. I, I hate to generalize. Well, well maybe... uh, look, I'm going to say something. I, I always thought that grief was kind of across the board, and maybe some elements of mm -hmm. it are. Yeah. But for me now, having experienced it, I would say, and I always knew this in some ways, like obviously, when you think of someone who's lost a child, mm. that is the most horrific thing that could happen to a human being. Well, uh, it I, is. Yeah, I, I just, I just yeah. don't think there's well, it's, anything. It's not a natural that, order. I mean, I, no. I think that's what it, that's comes it. Down it goes to. against order. the natural order. See, yeah. exactly right. My father's passing was well within the natural order. Yes, yeah. it was expected. Yeah, it was. Everybody runs out of time. His time was up, and even receiving the news that I did of his cause of death and the throwback to sixteen years ago. Mm. You know, when I was pregnant with my son. 16 years ago, my father was diagnosed with stage one prostate cancer. They found it early. They threw radiation at him. 
six weeks, it was gone. It was mm. like a nothing. It was a blip in yeah. time. That could have gone very differently had yeah. he not. And I'll say this right now. So many stubborn men who refuse to go to the doctor. Yes. I think there's nothing in this life that pisses me off than stubborn ass men. Well, I don't have to go to the doctor. Go to the fucking doctor, especially yeah. if you have children. That's precisely what my dad did. He mm. took care of himself. That's why they found it. If they hadn't have found it, I would have lost him 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. The prostate cancer would have gone. Well, you would have been really robbed, whereas yes. I suppose you can look at the situation and go, well, you had him for the majority of your adult life. Yes. And also both your, you know, yes. you got to see any children you're going to have. Yep. And also they will remember him. Whereas, you know, if I look at my own situation with my first partner dying, you know, for one, he was robbed. He was, he was 28. He was just a kid. And his, you know, his children... Grew up you know, without him. Grew up, yeah, they grew up without him. That's so. a tragedy. That's a tragedy. It's, it's, yeah. it's, yes, it's under the umbrella of grief, but it's very different to me losing my father. Yes, a partner, not the same as a far- father. But again, I mean, like we can compare and contrast and it's not about like whose grief is worse. But no. I can stand back as a fair individual mm. and say that, yeah, m- losing my father is devastating. But it's part of the natural order. Yeah. He understood yeah. it. I understood it. Whereas losing a 28-year-old father to your mm. children, uh-uh, that ain't, no, that ain't no kind of normal grief. No. That's no. a tragedy and it's horrific. You well, know? yes, because those two children of mine, mm. you know, have had to go through graduations and they will have to go through maybe marriage and relationships and children and that that without their dad like, yeah yeah isn't there you know that's whereas i got to accomplish so much with my father yeah yeah i mean aside from the extraordinary like like relationship that we had where we we acted together and he directed me and we had plans for the future and we had all this stuff that we always did together he saw me do stand up many many times if yeah. he had died 15 years ago aside from the fact he would have never known his grandkids and they yeah. would have never known him he wouldn't have seen me do stand up yeah uh he wouldn't have gotten back to ireland yeah you know i may not have even moved but but, but, back i say back to ireland i'm not from here i'm from texas but this has always been home Uh, which has really been a sore spot for a lot of people throughout my life they've never really liked that i also feel a huge affinity for mexico so my mother's from mexico city yeah but i suppose if you if you look at it i mean what's your family ratio in america versus your family exactly very little I'm kind of, I can kind of understand why that pull would mm, be for here. Of course. Because your dad was very Irish and yes. his family is huge. Right. So, so of course. Uh, yeah. And look, I'm over 50% Irish because my mother being from Mexico City, she's uh, Irish, English, French, Spanish, Mexican. I think there's a tiny bit of indigenous. Of course, she'd never, because they're so racist down there, she would never cop to it. It's like 7% indigenous, <laughs> but it's in there. I'm like, I'm going to claim my my native yeah. American, native Mexican, uh, you know, iota. Uh, you know what it does for me? It gives me freckles. That's what oh. it is. People are like, oh, do you get a tan in summer? I'm like, yeah, no, I, I if you get like, a marker. And, yeah, if you get a marker and play connect the dots, <laughs> so I can get a kick and tan. Yes. And then people always say, oh, that lovely golden brown your kids turn. That's from the Mexican side. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's from their father. There's something or other. But my mom had Hungarian even in there. So like lots of ethnic. But the family on her side would be kind of sort of based in Mexico. But even they have dispersed. And there's family in Hawaii all over. Well, the part of the United States. Hawaii is part of the United States. But all over the U.S. So my Mexican family has dispersed. Mm. And yes, some of the Irish family might be found in in Oz and in, but mostly they're here. Yeah, they are mostly here. They're yeah, mostly here. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and it's it's a big family actually. Yeah, so it's it's huge, and it's it's you know you're not going to be close knit with everyone, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, oh, 
I've, I've found over the years since I've moved here, yeah, there's a couple dickheads thrown in for good measure. <laughs> Fucking hell. Well, I look at it this way. I don't start trouble with anybody. Yeah. So if you have a problem with me, you might want to look at your own behavior. Yeah. And that's now, now, when I fuck up, I apologize. I yeah. make things right. People who don't accept apologies or who freeze you out, they can get stuffed. Yeah. I mean, my dad was a terrific human being, and he taught me to apologize when you do wrong. But I don't see that that grace, I don't see that from a lot of people. Well, the people that I surround myself with now, mm. the people that yeah. I'm close with now, I, I won't let anyone into my life who is not on the same wavelength anymore. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done opening myself up to any fucking arsehole just because I'm always, I've always been such a nice, easygoing person. Yeah. Oh, I'll make friends with anybody. Those days are gone. They yes. were already gone before my father passed away. Yeah. Now that like my biggest kind of what's the word the not the person who had my back because well, like obviously security blanket a little a little yeah. bit i mean look in the last few years in the last seven years of his life i was the one taking care of him yeah but my dad got that from me and people always say to me oh that's so wonderful because you know there there are parents that wouldn't get that from their children and and i'm going yeah but you kind of i don't know I, one i'm not a dickhead Two, neither is my dad. Yeah. So I'm happy to give him what he gave me. He was always looking out for me. Yeah. So that's what I did. So now I kind of look at, and I was already on this journey yeah. from the time of my divorce. Mm. You know, I've already been on this journey for several years. And I think my dad's Alzheimer's was kind of a wake up call. I've already been on a journey of not letting negative, toxic bullshit yeah. into my life. But now that my dad is gone... Ooh, honey, there's going to be some stuff ramped up. Well, it's like a spiritual cleansing. A little bit. Yeah, because I think I I certainly, as I've got older, I'm just less able for certain types of kind of energies around me. So draining. I mean, some people would drain the river. Oh, the fucking, they'll take and they'll take and they'll take. Oh, Jody, yeah. when are you going to make me dinner? Jody, when are you going to make well, me cake? Well, it's like some. Jody, come rub my feet. I'm <laughs> grieving. My daddy died. Come hug me. Do my hair. By the way, go to the shops. Buy me everything. Yeah, we all buy know what kind car. of pressure point you want. <laughs> buy me a new car, Jody. I'm grieving. You know, there, there are people. Like, look, you're an easygoing broad. You're fun to be around. Yeah. You are very accommodating. Well, you are. You're very accommodating. Well, you're I very did welcoming. Well, you red velvet cake. Fucking hell. Let's <laughs> talk about that red velvet cake. Holy <laughs> shit. I like to feed people. Oh, you're a feeder. <laughs> oh, lucky, lucky the man who ends up oh, with you. They're going to oh. be lucky and they're going to get a little yes, chubby. Like if anybody's listening, Morgan, <laughs> mother, somebody, get me a boyfriend, please. With Send someone who's good. Who's rich because I need a helicopter. I'm sick of driving. <laughs> you know what? Helicopters are very efficient. Well, I'd like one today because I don't feel like the two-hour journey home. <laughs> it's not two hours. Quit being a moron. It's, like it's an I, hour and a half, you well, baby. Yeah. It's like I said to somebody the other day, I just figured out the other day that my car can go on autopilot. And he said, it's not autopilot. It's, it's called yeah, yeah, uh, oh, 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 um, cruise control. <laughs> you he said, he said autopilot. autopilot. That would be dangerous. A little bit. A little bit. <gasps> what if we do have flying cars in the future? <sighs> oh, would you, would oh, you get in one? I don't Ooh. know. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I kind of like my feet on the ground. It's mm. a bit like that's why you won't get me in the ocean. It's like if I can't see shit, what's, yeah, or what's if I can't, if I can't touch me? it, my Oh, feet. I'm like, oh, no, thank you. No. So funny. And actually, it's, it's interesting that my fear around the ocean has actually got bigger. So it's like I don't have a fear around death. 
You have a fear around the ocean. Yeah. Things that can cause death. Well, yes, yeah. I would. I would. Yes. Do you know what? Because you know what? Like yeah. my dad's going was very natural. It was beautiful in a lot of ways. There's a lot of joy. I keep getting the word grace thrown at me in my my mind. I feel like mm. I've been some sort of given some sort of grace. It was a blessing to have him. It was a blessing the way he went. Yeah. However, so while I'm not fearful around my father's death, mm. like I'm totally okay with, like, granted, again now. There was no open casket. I did not see his corpse. When I left him in the hospital, and I knew it was the last time I was going to see him, he was beautiful and pink and warm. And nothing needed to be said. Yeah, but you know, look, when my mom died, myself and my two sisters were with, obviously, my mom when she died. So even though she was deceased when we left, she even was still when we left, pink she and was still warm. pink and warm. And so, th- so it, th- that actually felt fine. And so we left it at that. Yeah. So we didn't see her when she got cold. Yeah. Um, and you know, and rigid, and we didn't yeah. have an open casket either for exactly see, that reason. So that's the thing. It, that's yeah. my beef is that I think that modern day Western society. I can't mm. speak to what it's like in China. I don't yeah. know. I can't speak to what it's like in different parts of the world. But I think a lot of Western society, we have such a fucking fear of death. Yeah. That, and again, I don't think it's necessarily that I fear death. I fear, and we'll get back to the ocean thing. I think I caught, I think things that cause death are what I'm scared of. (laughs) I don't like bears, for example, you know, like keep me away from snakes. Uh, Don't get me started on sharks. Those assholes, you know, fuckers. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I don't understand like Western society, we can't talk about death. We're scared of emotions. We don't want mm. to talk about grieving. And, and and I would even go so far as to say that some races and ethnicities and cultures and countries are worse than others. And I'm mm. looking at you white people. And I can say that because I'm white. So yeah, yeah. I can talk shit about my own. <laughs> yeah. uh, sometimes some Eurocentric folks can be quite touchy around it. Now, the Irish love a good fucking death, apparently. No, yeah. but don't talk about it, like, for the whole of your life. But then, yeah. like, be f- be fearful. Don't come to terms with it. Don't know how to accept mm. it. But then when they actually die, embalm them, put them on display, poke them with a stick. Go on. I give know. it. I mean, it's like this morbid obsession with seeing a dead person. And it's no offense to anyone <clears throat> listening. I understand lots of people do that. They've done it with different family members of mine. I get it. Yeah. And maybe it's it the ties to Catholicism or your various different religious know. rituals, etc. I know it's a very Irish thing to have a wake, mm. to have a. I just think that the wake is so fucking antiquated. It, it it started hundreds of years ago when they needed to make sure that somebody hadn't accidentally ingested something that put them into like a, a coma or or made them go right. sleep. Yeah. So they didn't fucking bury people alive. <laughs> yeah. But that's it's not the 1500s, folks. We have doctors. We have all kinds of technology. Yeah. When you did, they're pretty right about it now. I know because yeah. that's, that's, that's the thing. I mean, what is the obsession around that? Like, I don't get it. I mean, I mean you know, again, like myself, my sisters, you know, we did not want to see our mom actually like Uh-oh. dead, dead. Uh-oh. You know, obviously she was deceased you know, when we left. And we, we stayed with her for probably about an hour, I think, after she yeah. actually died. But yeah. she was still pink and warm. And yeah. So when I gave her, when we all gave her a hug and a she kiss, still she felt. still felt like she was alive. Yes. So that felt more comforting. I, yes. What, what would my need... What, would what the are your need needs? Have been what are your needs in the moment that you lose lose your beloved? Well, you know the the thing around that is when my partner died. I mean, obviously we weren't actually you know technically married as mm. a couple, and so his you know his family you know sort of froze me out with having any sort of. Um, 
you know, uh, say say in the funeral, you know, stuff like that. So they had a wake with him. And I found it absolutely horrific to the yeah. point where I actually jumped on top of him of course in would. the coffin. And my mother-in-law had to basically prize me off him because I was going to knock the coffin off the well, stilts. Well, I mean, you know, especially if you'd never experienced anything like that. Well, I who, hadn't, no. Who wouldn't? You're looking at them and you're going, wake up. It's you. You're it right there. absolutely horrific. Look, I yeah. don't, look, I, no disrespect to the, to anyone listening, the Catholic culture or anyone even in yeah. our own family who has waked people and embalming. I understand it's what's mm. done. Sometimes things get into a culture and they get stuck. Yeah. But I think me personally, I, I could be very wrong. I think there's something very unhealthy. Yes. Yeah. In doing the whole uh waking the person do even in the united states they may not call it awake they may call it a viewing oh yes a viewing i don't mm-hmm. understand even no. putting religion to the side of it i don't understand the need yeah to to look at your dead loved one's shell they're no longer there yeah that's not them mm-hmm. but the mind plays terrible tricks on you well, and, because and you, it's yeah. them and you think yeah. it's them and you want them and you're going, but they're dead. And it's, yeah. I don't think that's a healthy, I really don't. I, well, I, I think embalming, think that, you, yeah. first of all, you know that they're embalmed. That's not pleasant. Yes, I know. Yeah. Second of all, I, you know, in, in oftentimes it's encouraged for you to kiss the corpse or touch the corpse. Now, again, mm. it's whatever anyone else needs in their moment of grief. It's not, I'm not saying mandating, oh, everybody should do it the yes, way that I did. Yes, but is it? Or is it just something that we've been actually you told know, you need to do? Well, you have brainwashed, to do. you know, into, oh, this is what we need. It's the same as like, I think burial should be taken off, off the table. The pl- yes. And it should be cremation. It's much more humane. The actual thoughts that we're actually walking around on an earth with this, where there's, you know, hundreds of bodies, thousands and thousands of bodies underneath me. It Everywhere. really creeps me out. Well, no, well, look, not only that, but look, if it was the kind of thing, like back in the day, I understand why coffins came to be and they needed to do, um, mm. you know, for me to be, excuse the vulgarity. Well, not even vulgarity. The the realness of it is back in the day before embalming, they had to put us in a fucking box because the yeah. body does things. It releases gases as it starts to yeah, decompose. It, the, all of it. And it, the, all of it, it's not nice from rigor mortis and mm. the, the change in color and if you've ever seen it, but you now the only dead bodies I've seen have been at funerals and they've been kind of from a distance. I went to mm. a wake a couple of years ago for like the 95 year old father of a friend of the guy I was dating at the time. Yeah. Right. And I was, I was okay, but I, I looked at his little ass and in their house and they were waking him. And you know, there was a, there was a, like a, like a mesh, cloth or like a like a net over him yeah because it was july in ireland what do we have in july in ireland Uh, yeah flies yeah big ass flies so they had to protect the corpse with a fly net basically kind of thing and i'm just going you know what you could do to avoid the whole flies landing on grandpa's head and i don't know laying eggs in him you could just not do this I mean, yeah. no, like, look, again, it's whatever anybody likes, whatever mm. they want to do. But you have to wonder, is it what they like? Or is it just a game? Is it just is there, like, being a forced on the... Well, yeah, look, like I'm anything. not Catholic. My dad is from Dublin. I, you know, raised in, in the Catholic school, hated it. But that was the only yeah. option at the time was to be, you know, was the priests. Yeah. My, gra- my, my grandparents were very modern for the time. Yeah. They didn't put up with shit from the Catholic church. Now, maybe it's because they had like, I think they were one of the only people in Ireland that had money at the time. They were very wealthy, but they were also like, I think my, my grandmother, she'd be your great grandmother. 
she, I don't think she came from wealth, but she was, from what I've heard, one hell of a woman. The two of them, yeah. my father adored his parents. They were absolutely gentle, classy, intelligent, way ahead of their time, but they didn't take shit from anybody and not even from the Catholic Church. So while things were done a certain way back then, mm. my dad had enough Catholicism forced down his throat at the school that he went to. Yeah. That when he went to the States, he was like, peace out. See ya. I was baptized. Yeah. But that's it. I never spent a day in no Sunday school. My mom had the same experience in Mexico with the nuns. She oh, was like, yeah. no, fuck this. I'm yeah. done with religion. Yeah. Um, like, look, you can believe in God without having religion. You can be very spiritual. You can have all your yeah. whatever, live your life, but you don't need to be pontificated to by an organization because that's what it is at the end of the day. Well, I think, yeah, well, I suppose it's, again, it's whatever, whatever floats your boat. But it's just interesting how they all, you know, get into these fights. And, you know, it's all supposed to be the one God, isn't it? Mm. You know, so it's, I'm very respectful of religions. And I think if that's what, if that's what gives you comfort, then that's cool. And yeah, I do love totally. churches. The thing yeah. is like, oh, I do as well. Yeah, well, look at the big really... giant cross on my wall. Why do I have that yes, there? Yes, I love not, crosses. I love crosses. I, they make yeah. me feel comfortable. And I like rosary beads. And like when I was in Turkey, I picked up their prayer beads. I think oh, they're really, lovely. Oh, I think they're yeah. really cool. And it's not that I'm not an on-praying person. Like when my, Oh, no, I would say prayers. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's but it's, I it's think, not from do you know a what it is? religious I think, point of view. It's well, more like from a meditation point of view. Or spiritual. Yes. It's almost like religion light. It's like you kind of go, you know, I'm going to take a step back from your dogma, your specific dogma. And I'm yeah. going to kind of do my own thing. And I think, mm -hmm. honestly, if there is a God, well, then he knows what's in my heart. And quite frankly, we're cool. I don't need a middleman. I don't need a priest or a yeah, shaman at, or a rabbi yeah, exactly. or anybody. But you look at those religious people. How kind are they? Not some, very often. Oh, some are horrific. Sunday Christians, as my mother used to call them. Oh, yes. And you know what? I agree. Mm. Because if you look at like all those religions and what they're doing, blowing people up, mm. you know, so, that, so that's nice. Every it? single religion has started some shit at yeah, one point or another absolutely. and claiming they were doing God's work. Look at Catholic people. Oh, oh don't get me started. Yeah, well, all of them, really, every single one of them. That's the thing. And we're not allowed to say it because, oh, it's you're an anti-Semite or you're against yeah, Muslims or yeah. you're talking shit about Christians or you're just a dirtbag. But the reality of it is, if you look at history, yeah. every single religion has started some shit at yeah. some point in time, all claiming to do God's work. And I'm going, well, hang on here now. Mm. Maybe I'm not misunderstanding, maybe I'm misunderstanding, but I just never thought that God's work was ever to kill a bunch of people. I just, I, I don't get it. Well, that's, yeah, I agree. <laughs> maybe. I try, you know, I try to be a good person. I look right. At the, I look at do the, no harm, maybe? Yeah, exactly. And try to be, and try to be as good as po possibly I yeah. can be and to try and give to others. And, yeah. you know, if you look at like even the people that are around you, I mean, I think it's actually incredible, actually, some people that are not even actually directly your, like, friends. Yeah. They're like your online friends yes. from a community that you kind of created. Yeah. And yet the kindness that when we pulled up in the car yesterday, which I might like to say I had a red velvet cake in the car. <laughs> <laughs> but She's we, like, I did my I, part, by damn it. <laughs> but we pulled up and there is this, this huge, huge you know, box. package of like Mexican food mm. from people who are not directly like your long-term 20-year no. friends. No. They are just people you know. And that's not the first amount of kindness no. that you've had. Somebody no. else sent you flowers. It's actually been shocking. Well, actually, and I'm yeah. going to take this opportunity in the podcast to give a shout out to a couple businesses. Absolutely. Not, be not because they were kind to me. That's one thing. Because the fucking products are tasty oh. as hell. Okay, first of all, I want to yeah. say uh, the Texas Tamale Company UK run by a lovely woman named Amy who is a Texan, born and bred, and she, 
And the food is fantastic. The rice, the spicy rice was spot on. That salsa is to mm, die for. Yeah. The tamales were perfect. Uh, the chicken wings, my kids were fighting over them last night. Right. Going, oh, my God, the chicken <laughs> is so fucking that. good, you know. <laughs> And I'm like telling my Tina, could you stop cussing? Your father, your grandfather was, <laughs> you know, I was, I keep wanting to say buried, but he, he's not. He's going to be cremated. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, it's the food at the Texas Tamale Company UK. She's only just launched within the last year. I'd been wanting to try her products. They were spectacular. Yeah. I would yeah. recommend to anybody in the North and in the, and in the Republic order. She's got next day shipping. She she does her, she fulfills her orders on Wednesday. You will have them the next day. Well, I'll definitely be ordering. They're, oh, well, absolutely. Sister, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a customer yeah. for life because yeah. you know what, not only, but the, it came packed incredibly well. Mm, mm, yeah. It came very frozen, vacuum sealed. I mean, this woman is doing it and doing it right. I'm yeah. highly impressed at the quality of not only the packaging and everything, but the food is phenomenal. Yeah. So, amazing. but let's take a step back for a moment. Now that actually, she, <clears throat> the food that she sent me was actually paid for by a, a group of friends who, uh, out of the seven or eight women, I've only met one of them once and another one I would consider a very close friend. I'll yeah. go ahead and say Jennifer. I can say her name on air. Uh, she sent me a separate package of food from the Texas uh, uh, Tamale Company. Um, uh, she uh, sent me food. But these girls all pulled in and did seven or eight. They're from my online little... On it's just a silly... It's Facebook. Facebook is silly, okay? But at times, it can be quite useful tool. Yeah. So I... I, I and it, I didn't do it on my own. Like, I mean, I started the group, but then I recruited admins to help me real quick. And Jennifer is one of them. And I, I got a lovely group of girls to help me out. And what we kind of put forth was we went, we wanted an ethos where if you were going to join this group that's for specifically American immigrants in Ireland, American yeah. expats, whatever you want to call them, being an immigrant, living in a different country can be very, very difficult. It can be very polarizing. Yeah. It can yeah. be very hard and very lonely at times, even if you have your Irish partner and your family and your children and your whatever. A lot of us are half Irish and moved back after yeah. years of living in the United States or being born and reared there. So I started this little thing and one of the girls, went, uh, I don't know who it was, but somebody came up with the term Amerifam. <laughs> like it's so cute yeah, like that, yeah. and you know it took i took on what like wildfire we've got about 500 people in it that's fantastic mostly not assholes yeah. we've got a really supportive lovely well, little space they were. well that's it i mean you know that's where you know you find out really the type of you know the people the that are around people. you well that actually think yeah. something of you well look uh, well look i'll say this i know americans are bonkers okay they are when you look at it it's a huge physically it's a huge country yeah. It's got 50 different states. You've got people from all over the world that have been immigrating to this land for the last two or 300 years. Mm -hmm. You have every thought process, every, that's why for a long time they were leaders in technology, in the music and entertainment mm -hmm. fields, in all the things that they developed and came up with and all of it, NASA, et cetera, that my dad worked at. I mean, yeah. America has got a lot going for it. And and some states more than others would be kind of known to be more warmer than others. But I find like like anywhere, like Ireland or anywhere in the world, you're gonna find wonderful people. You're gonna find assholes. Yeah. You're gonna find yeah. a, you can't just make sweeping broad generalizations. But I mm -hmm. will say this: it seems like there is an undercurrent in the United States. For the most part, you do mm -hmm. see a very can-do kind of attitude. That yeah. again was kind of 
bred into us by our society and our government and the way we were indoctrinated and blah, 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 blah. And maybe some of it has to do with American exceptionalism with don't get me started because that is a bit much. It's a bit OTT. But there's a lot of love. They're very Americans are very blunt. They're yeah. very open and honest. They don't have problems around emotion. Mm. And there's when when there's a crisis. Yeah. Even there'll be most, again, I can't make generalizations. There's over 300 million Americans and there are a lot of dickheads there. But leave it to an American to take the fucking shirt off their back for somebody that they don't know. Yeah, and because they yeah. knew me from the group yeah. and had interacted with me and, and they knew that my time of crisis, I'm devastated. I've lost my dad yeah. and they've shown me love. And some yeah. of them have never met me in real life. Yeah. So and so Amy sent, you know, so the girls sent all the Mexican food. Seven or eight of them pooled the resources, and then Jennifer did a separate order. And Amy, on top of, you know, she, I'm delighted that she's gotten the business, and hopefully, you know, being mentioned in the podcast, yeah. people will buy, buy from her more. She sent me a lovely bouquet of flowers. Yeah. Because, and she's like, and I, I messaged her the other day, and I said, when I can talk. Yeah. I'll get back to you. And she's like, take your time. She's been there. Yeah. She lost her father. He was everything to her. Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, people, I think people who have lost stuff, they get it. I also yeah. want to mention real quick, there's a company out of Cork called Bodega Foods. Oh, yeah. And she's brilliant. Kelly is an American. And she's lovely as well. She sent me a box of treats on her own dime. Craft yeah. mac and cheese and some Hershey's kisses and stuff. <laughs> I've basically been hiding from the children. Right. And... I'm going to be buying from oh, her. Does she do snickerdoodles? Oh, oh is it the she, could, she could get them in. Yeah, oh, if she doesn't good, have them, she could. Jesus, oh. I love them. You love a snickerdoodle. Oh, my good giddy God. Yes, I did. Yeah, my sister my sister was there in the States for a little while. And loves and, snickerdoodles. Oh, they are pretty awesome, aren't they? Those and uh, uh, Cheeto Crunchies. Cheese, yeah, Cheeto oh, Crunchies. Yeah. You can't get them here. They're hard to find. But, oh, you know what? I bet you Bodega Foods has the <gasps> Cheeto Crunchies. You'll have to look them up online. And I'm telling anybody them. listening... You go to Bodega Foods and and the Texas Tamale Company UK and uh, hook them up with some yeah. orders because they went out of their way to show kindness. But let me also say that, like, my Irish family, my yeah. Irish friends, uh, a, a, a huge amount of people have rallied around me. Yeah, yeah. When they didn't need to. It's nice because... It, and, and or have to, you know. No, exactly. And it's nice when you see that kindness. My, both my sisters had that with friends as well. When my mom, when our mom died, mm. uh, my, my middle sister in particular, a mm. lot of our friends were leaving food around and yeah. various other things and being very supportive. And my baby sister, exactly the same. Um, had the same kind of uh, friends around mm. them. And that's, you know, and that's where you can kind of see true value in, in yeah. friendships. Yeah. Well, I mean, you also, mm. when someone's going through something like that, you cannot, you can't be demanding of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there were a couple of people that I had to go this past week. I had to go, I will talk to you later. Click. Well, you, you have, know, well, I mean, then I we're going to go down the narcissistic shit. route. And we need to have a whole Good podcast God, on, on that. just that, <laughs> just that alone. Well, you know, I think some people just don't get it. It's, it's, like, I, I genuinely think that some people just, uh, a huge they disconnect don't have that self-awareness. Yeah. They lack yeah. self-awareness. And sometimes when you point stuff out, sometimes they'll get it and sometimes they don't. But I think some people really just, yeah, lack that massively. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. It really is. Oh, yeah. look, we're going to be closing up shop here soon. We're running out of time. But, but I will definitely you, be checking out both those oh, yes. food people because that Yum. Mexican food last night. It was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, and also... I just, didn't expect it to be that good. No. I was like, holy shit. But I'm also looking at, because I have a child who's been recently diagnosed with celiac. Yeah. And so, the, so there's an awful lot of foods that she can. And she loves 
Mexican food. I used to bring her to a Mexican oh. restaurant in Dundrummond. She used to love the quesadillas. And, oh, yeah. And no, she can't have this. No, well, she can she if they're the corn. corn. But it's yeah. actually very difficult to find pure corn tortillas yes. here. Yes, Even, like, you'll see them. I saw them in Dunn's a few years ago, and I got real excited. I was like, oh, corn tortillas. Oh. The second ingredient was wheat, wheat. flour. I'm going, yeah. that's not a corn tortilla. What is wrong with you? So I'm going to contact your friend yes. to see, does she do the corn, pure well, corn? Talk to Kelly at Bodega Foods and see what kind yeah. of gluten-free nummies she yeah. can get in from the States. Because, mm. you know, they have a, ton, a shit ton over there. Probably well, more the variety Chito, than they the do Chito here. crunchies are, are gluten-free. Gluten-free, oh, yes, because they're wow. corn. Oh, my God. They're corn. And the reason why I like them is because I grew up with them in Australia. They're called Twisties. <gasps> yeah, so they have cute. their own equivalent, which yeah, is yeah. why when I went to the States, and so, well... You were like, oh, my God. Because they're yeah. like the same type of... They're very, very similar. And I, I so as a kid, I loved... The well, and I'm also going to, we need to Google it and I'm going to check with a bunch of different other people and make sure that those tamales, now I don't know if your daughter would like them, but mm. uh, they weren't spicy. I thought it was a perfect amount of spice. Well, I think she'd like them. I'm going to check out if tamales are gluten-free. I should they're know, I should know this off they're the top of my I, head because well, it's just corn. Well, I Googled them after. They're, they're maize. Corn. Yeah, they're maize. So they should be technically. <sighs> you know, this just tells you that my brain is not fully functioning. I should know off the top of my head if corn is gluten-free. Ah, but, and I mean, but like, the what? thing about it is, is with, with, to say something is gluten-free, it has to be no completely. contamination either. Right. It's so processed no on something. Yeah, yeah so, processed so, on something. Well, yeah. then I'll have to ask my friend Amy mm. if, if hers are way, made in a way that would be... But I mean, look, the rice, you didn't even get the pinto, be the, the refried beans. Oh, I didn't even no, open yeah. those up for you. But I mean, with our gas, I just didn't think it was a good idea. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. not, I didn't think Going I needed to, bed to do that to you. Going to six months pregnant, super well, sexy. <laughs> well, no, yeah, exactly. It's just not, you know, and plus we would have maybe killed the cats with the, with the, with the, with the asleep <laughs> passing of wind. Yeah, yeah no, it just, yeah. we'll get to the beans. We'll get to the beans. But <laughs> I just, but look, if you look at the beans, if you look at the rice, mm. the chicken, and then possibly the tamales. Mm. You you could be looking at a a fucking feast that is gluten free. Yeah, yeah, which would be great. Yeah, you throw some cheese in there, yeah. and I mean, you you basically are sitting there having, yeah. you know, back to back to kind of a little bit of the way of life that she had before she came up with the celiac. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, because these are the things that she misses. I mean, it's probably a good thing that she was diagnosed at a young age. Mm. because, you know, it'll teach her to sort of adapt where you might have had a heart attack as an adult. Yeah. But then there's things but then there's benefit there's things that are not a benefit in that you like things as a kid that you don't like as an adult. So you'd naturally yeah. grow out of certain things. Yes. Which she has not grown out of, of yet. Course. Like I love strawberry laces. I now have to hide them in the house because she caught me wrapped Oh, because night. she's also diabetic, as we mean well, to mention that yeah, as well. It's not yeah. just the gluten free, but it's I yeah. mean like that's hard for a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I don't To be celiac yeah. And not not like she's gluten like a gluten sensitivity, folks. Not yeah. like she has the opportunity or the choice to have a little bit of gluten and oh, it hurts her tummy. She's yeah, fucking celiac. Yeah. She can't touch it. No, there can't be cross contamination because it will eventually destroy her bowel. That's my understanding, yeah, right? Yeah. So give her. Yeah. Well, I was told it can give her bowel cancer. Jesus. I mean, in actual fact, they did say the celiac is a lot worse than the diabetes. In just in the manner that the diabetes can be controlled with insulin because yes. she's type 1 not type 2 yes so you know you they can basically pretty much eat anything within reason and you just insulin for it yeah. whereas with the celiac you know there's a whole food group taken away and it's also because you know manufacturers they really need to cop on with a lot yeah. of their ingredients because things like the strawberry laces that I'm talking about it's something very simple but they use there's wheat flour in the strawberry laces that's yeah the that's the thing Why? that kills it's a bulk, me it's a bulkiness they're putting wheat 
in in stuff that doesn't need wheat, and yeah. they're putting sugar in stuff that doesn't need sugar. Yeah, what is they like, didn't I mean, they didn't do that a hundred years ago. If you got no. a sweet, it was pure yeah. sugar. If you yeah. got a fucking bread or whatever mm. with gluten and wheat, it was just that there wasn't added sugar. Well, yeah, because I mean, I'm with a support group, and for a celiac and type one diabetes, and my daughter was obsessed about wanting to make a gluten free frappuccino, caramel frap. So she actually managed it, bless her. I mean, actually did it. And that she, that actually boggles my mind that there would be gluten in a fucking drink. Yeah, well, there can be cross-contamination, yeah, you see. Okay, That's fair the problem. Enough. So yeah. if you go into a cafe, you have to, like, the, the caramel frap should be gluten-free. Well, it would be, but it's but if it's, if they use the same blender as one that's something. gluten in it, Jesus. then you've got a cross-contamination as a celiac. They can't have that. Oh, so Lord. She's managed it makes to make everything her, very difficult. Yeah, but she's managed. she managed to make her own. But, but you know, even prior to my kids being type 1 diabetics, I always, nearly most of the time, cut the sugar completely or write down in a lot mm. of ingredients. Yeah. So I actually, prime example, with the caramel frap, I mean, you would not believe that in the ingredients in the recipe, it was to have three tablespoons of sugar. Oh, now, yeah, I, said, I would believe that. Yeah, I, would. Now, I said to my yeah. daughter, we'll, let's do one and see how, and we then get see on. how that goes. And then you actually on your next one, you could even try half of one because mm-hmm. you're putting a caramel syrup. Exactly. How it's much sugar do you need? Well, but you know what? That's how they get you because it's in a, and this started in the United States. I'm just going to flat yeah. out say this. What the manufacturers figured out some years ago, and there was a book that came out in the 70s called Pure White and Deadly and talking about sugar. Ah, because right. what happens, why the shelf life of American foods versus, say, stuff over here in Ireland, mm-hmm. which is so much more fresh and organic and it goes after three days you better yeah, eat it yeah. the stuff in the states is like frankenfoods because it's so full of fucking chemicals and dyes and preservatives but mm. a huge part of that is they want the stuff to look really pretty appeal mm. to the consumer to buy it they want it to stay longer they want it to taste more but sugar they know is an additive that makes you crave more of it yeah. you can do an experiment in your own life when you knock down the sugar you find that suddenly other things taste too sweet you can yeah. accommodate you can train your taste buds That's to true. want more or less sugar yeah. and the more you're exposed to it the more you're going to want it yeah, the less you're exposed yeah. to it, you can get by on less. When with the gluten thing, adding gluten to fucking Twizzlers and strawberry laces yes. and sweets, why would you do that? What because like and you said, bulking, bulking, bulking agents often. Why bulking? Well, yeah. because it may, means that they get to make it spread. They make the the, yeah. the ingredients that are expensive in the chocolate yeah. bar, the cookies, the yeah. candy go last further because they've used filler, yeah. a bulking agent. So That's what true. they're doing is they're giving you less bang for your buck, less yeah. pure ingredients, mo- more sugar in everything to make you addicted like a crackhead yeah well i'm sure that's why there's actually more people with gluten intolerances now because in actual fact even years ago so let's say in our great grandmother's time Mm. flour back then actually was was naturally gluten free yeah it was different yeah they've done processes to the wheat it's the way it's milled now yeah Yeah, this is the problem so to have let's say a lower you need to go with like a spelt flour yeah which is very low a book about a lot of gluten stuff that i'd read years ago was called wheat belly so yeah. many people have, like, we're saying that I have, we know I have IBS. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. fairly certain. Now, I could contribute, I could blame that on age, grief, the anxiety of the mm-hmm. last several years with my father, my polycystic ovarian syndrome, yeah. all of these things coming together, perfect storm to make me just kind of walk around always bloated and miserable. Yeah. But also, we have to look at the foods, mm. the way foods have been messed with. Yeah particularly yeah. in the United States. I mean, I can bitch and moan about whatever I want to over here. Oh, my IBS, or oh, I'd like to lose another little 10 pounds or whatever. I would be way worse off in the United States. I think I'd yeah. have three stone on me. I think I would be overweight yeah. and miserable. Yeah. 
and probably not able to poop to save my life. <laughs> well, you know, well, that's the thing, isn't it? If you look at, let's say, you know, with the IBS and stuff, like even coming down to, you know, uh, girls, you know, having their menstrual cycle much earlier or, in life. Now, yeah. I'm sure that's got to do with things hormones, like hormones. Yes, hormones, the hormones and the milk and yeah, the hormones. So basically the... we need to buy our land and live off the grid. Well, yeah. that's why so many people are turning to that because yeah. you're sitting there when you look at and look, I don't have a problem with capitalism. Yeah. Yay, money. I yeah. love it. But when it gets to a point where people put so much greed mm. uh, in front of, you know, oh, we must get the consumer to buy more. So how do we do that? Well, we, we stuff our cows full of hormones to make them really fucking produce milk. Yeah. That way we get more quantity faster. We sell it more. Yeah. It's a time versus money thing. People are just naturally inherently greedy. I mean, there's one mm. thing about wanting to make a good profit. But when you're stuffing chickens full of fucking God knows what and stuffing them in horrible conditions yeah. to make them yeah. co constantly spit out eggs and constantly... It's just you're turning animals into a machine. It's not normal. Yeah. And you're stuffing the animals full of all these antibiotics uh, because you, you're keeping them in disgusting conditions that yeah. they shouldn't be in. Yeah. Then you're filling them full of hormones to make them produce a lot more meat, milk, whatever. And then all of that gets carried over into us. We're yeah. now ingesting those antibiotics, those yeah. hormones. Kids are starting puberty at 10 and 11, yeah. getting boobies yeah. and their periods and pubic yeah. hair. Yeah. I and think it's, yeah, I think it's the hormones. It is it? absolutely. Oh, I had a friend of mine 10 years ago saying that she's like, I want to avoid hormones and milk in, in Texas because she was like, my yeah. daughter's going to go in, into puberty any day now. And yeah, and yeah like, yeah, I mean, it's, it is really a thing. And it's, it's a very look, that's a topic alone, but uh, it's amazing how we went from, and I knew we did. We always do. Well, that's why uh, that's why we renamed. Well, but that's why we renamed the podcast Mosaic after some thought. We thought, you know, let's think of something that really encompasses us. Yeah. Tangent could have also been a great name for it. The podcast where they just go off into silly uh, yeah. shit. Rogue. Yeah. Go rogue. Yeah. Oh, you had a script, did you? That's adorable. Well, nobody sticks to it, and that's a funny thing too. And I, I want the the podcast listeners to know that nothing none of this is ever scripted i'm sure they can tell i know but, yeah. <laughs> but just in case they couldn't just in case you were wondering <laughs> you couldn't even write a script like this because it would just be an absolute shit we're show. not even dressed for we're still in our jimmy jam we're jimmy in jams. our jammy jams yeah, yeah absolutely that's it on a and we're actually but we're actually sober for this one. Oh, i know so that's yeah. good Pissy. That's, well yeah. high on caffeine yeah. and grief i think i am <laughs> honestly i i am in a complete state of just dumbfounded shock i am well, I think, you know, well, even with the grieving process, I know from when I did my counselling actually years ago that, you know, she sort of said that, you know, they used to think it came in a certain order mm. when you grieve, even from like a, you know, a relationship breaking yeah. up or a person dying. But actually it doesn't. And also it's now been confirmed that it doesn't, you don't actually naturally hit All every the stages. No, it depends on your personality type. Mm. So, you know, for me, like when, uh, even when my first partner died, my marriage broke up or my mom dying. I'm not really a naturally angry person. Now, that right. doesn't mean that you can't rile me and I can't yeah. spit out, but I'm generally not naturally an angry person. So I didn't really hit the angry stage actually mm. with any of those three grieving processes, but I'm definitely somebody who clicks in on the sad side. Yes. So I definitely stay, stay, stay sad for a really long time and cry for mm. a really long time. Um, I more stay in that and the shock. Like when my mum died... It's probably the quietest my sisters have ever seen me. Yeah. You I was dumbfounded. I was literally. completely just floored. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, all three of us obviously were, but it's the, it, I can honestly say it's the quietest I've ever been. Like when my partner died, I completely flipped out to the point where I had to be, I had the doctor to be called out to be sedated. Of course you would. But yeah. with my mother, 
it was just like you know when you're kind of blinking going huh what is happening what i i yeah and i would say that's only actually starting to lift now and she's what 14 months i think now gone i'd I'd say it's only lifting now where i'm now no longer Well, look i mean this is my what i alluded to earlier about you know like my dad made this easy on me he knew exactly what he was doing brilliant man he always told me you are not to have an open casket you are Mm. not to have a wake you are not to have a viewing you are not to look at my dead body Mm. why did he do that he didn't give a shit he ain't there for it he always said he'd skip out on his own funeral and he did (laughs) what does he care he gave me these instructions because he knew what he was doing i think it makes this i think it makes it a much more difficult process look look whatever you need for your own closure i'm not going to judge you some people might need this they might need to see the body and touch it to realize that the finality and that yes this person is gone but do they you see that's where i think people really need to think about maybe we'll give some people food for thought yeah and you you guys could write into us and let us know it's not a judgment but like what what is the actual need like what do you actually get from actually seeing a a fully deceased person like what's that need around like i'm more because i'm a very like i'm not a nosy person Mm. but i'm a very curious person by nature yes so on all surfaces as we well know i'm very curious and you know it's kind of like so it would be the curiosity side of me that would be kind of like you know what is the actual like what are you getting from it well it's like you walked away from your dad and he was still like let's say technically you know he was alive alive, he was yeah Yeah. very much so so. you walked away from that and and that you know and so this and that was okay and we kind of did the same with my with my mom even though she had actually stopped breathing Mm. but she was still warm and felt alive so we didn't feel a need to actually have to go 24 hours and then have to see her body so I'm kind of curious as to what that need is around. I don't understand it. Maybe you guys can hit us up on the app and write into us, uh, Mm. send in your comments. I personally don't get the weekend at Bernie shit. I don't want to touch a dead body. I don't care who it is. I don't want. Now, again, I've even, you know, if someone has lost a child, that's different. That's different, maybe. I, I don't know. And again, I think mm. that grieving is very different, very individualized, mm. very different for everyone. But me personally, I know that what my father and I did was correct was correct, and it was right for us. He did not mm. want a religious ceremony. He didn't yeah. want to be embalmed or buried. None of that. He didn't want a big funeral. He did not get it. It was in and out. You know, it was just easy peasy. It was down to him and me, basically, at the end of the day. And, yeah. and the family that loved him and you know people around the world that loved him and, and wanted to maybe view it by remote link and you yeah. know to say goodbye yes of course i needed a service and a eulogy to say goodbye to my father but i got the closure that i needed when well, i you, left him yeah. beautiful yeah well you got a whole week with your dad kind of yeah that's another thing goodbye. he was in a coma I think that was and lovely. yeah i think that's what you needed I, oh i absolutely and i think that's yeah. why he fought and he held on as long as he did because he yeah. gave me what i needed but i think that people need to pay attention to that in their lives yes they need to prepare their children their young children their yeah. teenager their adult children for the reality that is going to come to all of us yeah but me personally again i'm not judging anybody else. i'm just saying for me personally i did not need or want yeah. to see my father's corpse that for me would have not been that would have haunted my nightmares yes, that would yeah. not have been good for me i would not be as good as i am right now if i had seen that yeah i think that that could possibly even for some people could stunt healing and closure Mm. and even proper grief because you're horrified thinking about their body going into the mm. crematorium i'm actually totally at peace with it because i'm like that ain't my daddy my daddy gone well also i think um, it taps <laughs> in on what where your fear levels are because actually yes. for yourself let's say for you and my youngest sister who both have 
or have had issues around being fearful mm. actually of death because my younger sister is the same that it's interesting actually that let's say if we had had an open casket oh, of my been, mom no. she would have that would have haunted her because as it was even for her she finds it quite difficult to remove her memory from uh, my mom's actual death her passing of course whereas for me even if i actually try to really concentrate you know and try and see my mom that is, it's almost like it's sort of blurred, like I've got my glasses off and I can't mm. really see her when really she died. Yeah. Like obviously I remember sitting there and I'm stroking her hair and saying goodbye, but I, it's not really my lasting memory. Whereas no. if I think about when I last saw my mum actually properly alive was the Wednesday prior to her dying. Mm. I can see that real clear. I can clearly see myself walking out that door and saying goodbye to my mum. That's my memory. Whereas, and I think that is... I hold on to that because I don't have a fear around death. Right. So therefore, it's not so much of a big deal for me in relation to that. Whereas my younger sister, who has a terrible fear still around mm. death, if she had seen my mum, that would actually, have traumatized. It would have traumatized. Her. I'm going to tell you right yeah. now that would have traumatized me too. I think so, guys. Yeah. We're going to wrap up this episode. We're going to touch on this subject again. Uh, really want to talk on some funny things next time about like sex and grief that's oh. a whole nother thing i'm learning about oh. you know? but thank you for joining us and we will talk to you soon say goodbye jody bye bye